Hello, everybody. Welcome to Math for Knitters. I'm your host, Lara. This is episode number 43. And I'd like to dedicate this episode to my friend Jessica, who is, I believe, about to go into surgery uh, today. So I just want to send some good energy toward her and good wishes, all my love. Um, okay, today's uh, show is brought to you by my wonderful commenters and everybody who has been sending me notes on Ravelry. I'm easy to find. The uh, note, uh, my, my username is math4knitters. That's the number four. And if you're looking for the show's blog, that's also math4knitters. Once again, the number four dot blogspot.com. And I just really appreciate everybody who listens, but especially my commenters, because they give me new ideas and questions for the show. So let's just get right to it. Um, there were a couple of different questions about gauge. Basically, uh, a loose knitter wrote in and said that she always has to go down a needle size or sometimes two. And um, she wonders if she gets row and stitch gauge, if she has to worry about the fact that she's using smaller needles. And the answer is no, absolutely not. Gauge is gauge. In fact, it's the reason we have gauge is so that knitters who knit at different tensions can still create the same product in the end. So if you are getting row and stitch gauge, do not worry about it. Just proceed to follow the directions exactly the way that you would, except for, of course, with your, with your smaller needle. And uh, tight knitters, same thing. If you're using a larger needle, hold on. What? Shh. Sorry, kitties. <laughs> If you are using a larger needle to achieve gauge, it doesn't really matter as long as you're getting gauge. So yeah, gauge is gauge and just don't worry about it. So that's one. And there were two or three questions that were all kind of in the same vein about yarn amounts. And first one was about subbing cables for ribbing and if that would affect how much yarn you need and how, uh, how much it would affect it. And it would affect your how much yarn you need. You, you would need more um, because even though ri cables are basically ribbing, usually uh, they also do pull in slightly more and form a denser fabric than plain ribbing. So what I would suggest is you need, you need three things to figure out how much more yarn you need if you're going to substitute cables for ribbing. You need, you need a nice big gauge swatch in the ribbing that the pattern calls for. You need another nice big gauge swatch in the cable pattern that you would like to use. And you need a very, very sensitive scale. And someone actually also asked about using my method for using a scale to determine yarn amounts. So this is kind of kind of cover that too. And I'll talk about that a bit more. But what you would do is you would basically make the same area of knitting. So say you had a gauge swatch that was four inches wide and four inches deep of in each of your stitch patterns. And this might take a little experimentation, but if you can get the same exact area, then you can weigh those two swatches very carefully separately from each other and look at the relative weight. Um, I would guess that the cabled one is going to weigh a little bit more and then say it weighs 5% more, then you know you need 5% more yarn. So really very simple. If you cannot get exact areas, 
you could actually try to get exact weights. So you could knit your ribbing swatch, measure it, and then knit your um, cabled swatch to the same width, and then stop and measure it before it gets quite as long. Take the needles out, obviously. And then if you get the exact same weight in both swatches, then you would measure the relative areas. So you would take the height by the width and multiply it. And then you could take the, the smaller, um, take the smaller, wait, yeah, take the larger number of area and divide it by the smaller number of area. And that would tell you a number greater than one. And that's the amount that you need to multiply your original estimated yarn needs by to get the amount of yarn that you need to have now. And this can sometimes be a bit difficult because unfortunately, in order to be truly precise about how much yarn you need, you really need to know the yardage. But if you're not doing a substitution for the yarn, then you can go by weight and then tra basically um, translate between weight and yardage or just do total weight and look at the weight of the, the yarn by ball, so usually 50 grams, 100 grams, whatever. And so that's that's how you would do that. Um, and it, it isn't easy. <laughs> uh, if I were doing it, I would probably be slightly reckless and just try it and see how it goes. Maybe buy one extra ball of yarn for insurance. But I also, I'm very proud of myself because I just did that for a sweater and I ended up with exactly one ball <laughs> of yarn extra. So if I had actually just gone with my original calculation, I would have been fine, but it was, it's no big deal. It was on clearance too, so I can't give it, I can't sell it back to the store, <laughs> but it's fine. It's just, it's a lovely dark brown worsted weight wool, and I'm sure I will use it for something someday. So that's that. Someone else asked about brioche stitch, um, which I believe is also, oh, what is that also called? <gasps> Okay, I'm sorry, I have to Google that because I know it has another word. And I love this, um, there was a lovely quote from Elizabeth Zimmerman. I don't remember which book it was in, but I just misspelled brioche. I'm probably mispronouncing brioche too. What does that mean? It's like a French bread or something, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a light sweet bun or roll. <laughs> but it also refers to a knitting stitch that resembles a row of, French, of fresh French rolls lined up in a window. And this is actually from briochestitch.com, which I've never seen before. Oh, this is fascinating. There's a whole website about brioche stitch. Okay, I'm going to link to that. <laughs> I wonder if it says how to pronounce it. It probably doesn't. Oh, this is fun. It has like different colors. Oh, this is great. Oh, I love this. And then it's put, it's Nancy, Nancy Merchant, queen of the brioche stitch domain. That is awesome. I love that. Oh, and she has a blog. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to link to her in the show's blog because this is fantastic. I'm glad I Googled that. Anyway, um, it, uh, it's a very open stitch. And Elizabeth Zimmerman said that for her, she loves that stitch and for her, it's written on her heart, like Callias was written on Mary Stewart's heart. It's, 
which I thought was very romantic, uh, even before I found out that the reason Mary said it was written on her heart was because it was one of her greatest defeats at a very low point in her life. And so she said, when when I die and they, and they cut me open, they will see this defeat written upon my heart and also my heartbreak for my husband. It was... I don't know the exact quote, but that's basically what she said. And I thought that was very sad, <laughs> poetic, but very sad. And so I'm hoping that um, when Elizabeth said it was written on her heart, that she meant it in a happy way, <laughs> that she had committed it to memory in her childhood. But it is very open. You, you work it on, on large, large needles, even for the yarn that you're using. And it would be very difficult to estimate exactly how much yarn you need for this stitch. So once again, if you absolutely had to know and you, and you weren't willing to experiment just by trying to make the thing and see if you ran out, you would make, I would make a very large gauge swatch of this and then weigh it. And then you have the area of the swatch you made. Once again, let's assume four by four, although I would probably make it eight by eight. And then estimate the total area of the garment you want to make. If you are knitting a sweater, you could estimate the total area by taking the width at the chest and, and multiplying it by the length from the underarm to the bottom of the sweater. And assuming that the proportions are relatively standard, you can then take that area and multiply it by three. And that's going to be generally the area of your sweater. Um, for a hat, it's a little easier. You take the width around for the hat, multiply by the total length that you want for the hat from the bottom to the top, and use that as an estimate. You're going to have extra left over if you do it that way, but that's definitely better than being short, as we all know. So there's that. And then I got another another question about really, really square mitered squares. And if any of you have tried the mitered square I suggested before, then you'll see that it is not very square. Um, it could be square, I think, if you blocked it very hard. Um, but that's not the point. It's squares are supposed to be easy. So someone suggested short rows. And yes, short rows could make a very square square. And I haven't knit it, but you could cast on the width of the square you want and then um, skip, I, th I think, one stitch every other row would do it, would give you 45 degrees, but I need to test that. And then once you get down to one stitch, then you would uh, start knitting. Wait, let me think. That would make basically a triangle. And then to make your second triangle, you could um, pick up all the stitches that you've made across again, and then do a decrease. Okay, I need to experiment with this the short row square idea, because I might be leading you down the wrong path, which I would not like. But I thought of another way of making a very square square that would be simple and would be attractive and that you wouldn't need a gauge swatch for. So, um, and I, I have some, I haven't knit it, but I do have some mock-ups kind of drawings that I'm going to put on the website. So basically, if you take if you make a gauge swatch smaller than you, the square you want, if you know it's going to be smaller, like say, you know, you want like an eight inch gauge, you know, square for your afghan or scarf or whatever, and you know that 20 stitches wide for this yarn is not going to make eight inches across, you could make a gutter stitch square 20 stitches wide and 20 
garter stitch ridges deep, which would be 20 or 40 rows deep, and that makes a square. And then you could pick up stitches from one side, and then you would have the live stitches from the top of your square plus the stitches from one side, and you could knit in garter stitch that way. Um, and on, on the corner, you would increase one stitch on each side of the central corner stitch. So two stitch increase every other row, every right facing row. And that would make a garter stitch square. And you could use your gauge swatch to figure out how many more ridges you need to make the thing square. So basically you would start knitting a gauge swatch and you would end up making it whatever size you need. And you could keep it all one color and it would just have a little kind of side panel that would be knit the other direction or you could change colors. And with the idea of changing colors, which I think would be great for working up scraps, I actually did have taken some some drawing and, and put the squares in different permutations and different colors so you can see how you could lay them out to make a really original afghan or anything really, baby blanket, scarf, whatever, anything. So um, I think it'd be really fun. And I'm going to try it as soon as I finish one or two of the projects that are staring me in the face. <laughs> okay, um, I think that's about it for today. I also had a question about M1 Pearlwise, and I found a site that talked about it really well, but I'm waiting to hear from the woman who wrote it to see if it's okay with her, if I link to her. So that will hopefully be in my next episode. March is really insane for me for various reasons. So you might not hear from me again until April, but I promise I will not pod fade. I will be back and I hope you have a wonderful month and yeah, happy by then. Hopefully it will be a little warmer in springtime. So yay, let's hope for that and happy knitting. Bye-bye.